Welcome to Kingdom Mandate with Apostle Sidney Quay, head pastor of Shekinah Avenue. Now, let's listen to today's message. We wait for you. Turn your Bibles quickly to Philippians, Philippians 3, 1 through to 3. When we read Psalm 118, 23 to 25. Philippians 3, 1 says, Finally, my brethren, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you, it is safe. Beware of dogs. Paul has hard words. Beware of, of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Once you are born again, you have already been circumcised in your heart. He's not talking about natural circumcision. No. We are circumcised in our hearts. So he's telling us that we are the circumcision that worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. The last line is the emphasis. And have no confidence in the flesh. A lot of people have confidence in the flesh. Let me read the psalm so that I can summarize in a month of relationship. Psalm 11823 says that this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice. We must decide to rejoice and be glad in it. 25. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. I beseech thee. Send now prosperity. <laughs> the psalmist is interesting. Decide you are going to rejoice. Nobody can make that decision for you. You must decide. You must decide. It's a decision to be made. Having read this, I read my last text, which is First Samuel 2, 1, 2 to 10. I'll read it quickly. It says, And Anna prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Remember what Paul said. Paul told us we shall rejoice in the Lord. In the Old Testament, there is a specific example of somebody rejoicing in the Lord. So, I continue. It's a rejoice in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies. Because I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord. For there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. 
Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge. And by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. They that stumble are gathered with strength. They that were full have hide out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased. So that the barren are born seven. And she that had many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and he brings up. The Lord makes poor and the Lord makes rich. This is honest knowledge. We know better than this. But the New Testament reveals. It said it's not God that kills. It tells you that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is a key proverb. It says God is the only one who when he kills, he has not murdered or killed. The only thing God can do to you is to call you back home. <laughs> he doesn't kill people. So let's go on. I paused so that most of the time when you are reading the Bible in the Old Testament, you meet so many things. You don't have to be gullible and just jump on it. No. There is a new, clearer, better revelation in the New Testament. That explains better. In the Old Testament, the devil was hiding in the Testament. And in football, we call it playing away. You know, hiding in the hiding and doing things and you would be putting it on God. And he was hiding in the shadow there. He kills, we say God has killed you know, you find it in the book of Job. You find, it's scattered all around. And actually, when you study, it teaches you that in all the writings of the Old Testament, most of the time, it's when you see God is saying things like this or is being said about God, it's from the permissive point, not cause. He permits. He gives words that permit. So I'm taking again, the Lord make it poor and the Lord make it rich. You should know better again. Does God make poor? Some can answer. Does God make poor or not? Either than that, you would say when you, you don't have, you would say that God is the one who has made you poor. The New Testament again corrects that. It makes us understand that Christ has become became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. He doesn't make poor. But he advises you to know also that poor, the poor you will always have with you. So that means that as long as we are here, some people will be poor. You want to be poor. I heard a man of God preaching and <laughs> the way he described poverty, I was afraid. He said there are some poverties that is inherited. When he said that, I was like, hmm, let me listen. He said if your father's father is poor and your father's father's father is poor, you have inherited poverty. <laughs> I loved the whole day. So I began to analyze, is my father poor? My father's father poor? <laughs> but it's a poverty that it gave different types. So there's a poverty that is inherited. There's another poverty also that comes by laziness. Then he explained a lot. One of the days, I'll take his explanation and come and give it to you. But we are learning that it is not just the Lord that makes poor. There are things here on earth if you are lazy, you will be poor. And he makes rich. He brings low and he lifts up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts up the beggar from the dunghill. 
to set them among princes pay attention to the writings he raises up the poor out of the dust and lifts the beggar from the dunghill to set them among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory for the pillars of the earth are the lords and he has set the world upon them he will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail the adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces out of heaven shall he tender upon them the Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed and what do you say to the reading of the Bible what do you say to the reading of the word of God when I am ending, I will come back to First Samuel chapter 2 verse 1 in the message and the verses 10, the last phrase in the verses 10. Today we are looking at the prophecy of rejoicing. I have stated already here that till Christ comes, some things will not change. Till there is a new heaven and there is a new earth. Some things will be the way they are. The final aspect of looking at relationship for us in this month is that you relate to time. And within time, there are instructions within time that God has given that any wise man will take. Solomon, like I did last week, says some few things about time. He said, to every purpose, there is time. To everything, there is a season. Then he goes on to explain activities that he purposely chose. He then tells you that within time, there is birth. And within time, there is death. You can jump up and come down. You were born by somebody. And you will die someday. This is the reality on the earth. He goes on to tell you that under the sun, in the falling space under the sun, he tells you that what you do and love is the same thing that will hurt you. Reality of life. You don't need to pray about it. That is the reality of life. He tells you that there is a time to kill and there is a time to heal. He said there are times for laughter and there are times for weeping. That is what is established on the earth. The gift of time has all this within it. He said, there is a time to love and there is even a time to refrain from loving. There are people who have been loved by boys who broke their hearts in their young age. I have even seen elderly people who even miss their old boyfriends. Within time, all these activities, he says that there is a time even to hate and there is a time to love. A time of war and a time of peace. It is programmed into time. Within time, there is a time to marry. If you hear now that a three-year-old boy is marrying a three-year-old girl, what will you think? Is that the time to marry? Three years you are marrying? You will ask who is giving out in marriage. Because it's not time to marry. Three years? No. You should be in some pompous and you are being worked on. Your speech is not even properly formed. Because everything on earth is run by time. 
Actually, time is seen as a currency we use. If you use it well, it will reward you well. If you don't use it well, it will reward you in a way you will not like. So time is a gift given to us. And within that period, we have all these things. So God has also given us instructions within time. As to how we are to live and the way we should go about some things here. And Paul, Paul is writing to the Philippian church. And when Paul was writing his book, he was actually in prison. He was in chains, chains, there were chains on the man's leg. He was in a prison that was in a dungeon. Where there were waste. The smell bad, the condition bad. And he is writing to those who are outside. And he writes to them and tells them that if you have found yourself in Christ, there is something you must do always. Always, not sometimes. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. This is the form. He gives the instruction and says that. This chapter 4 verse 4. He said rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. If you are going to live here and be happy. And enjoy whether 80, 90, 100 years that God gives you. You must learn this principle. Because without this principle. You will be hurt easily. You will be frustrated easily. You will complain easily. So Paul lays the instruction down. He says that rejoice in the Lord. And he tells you where to rejoice. Not in your husband. Having said this, if he is saying we should rejoice in the Lord, I went back to Samuel to show you about Hannah. Hannah defined her situation in a way that I've not heard anybody define her situation. That she, she had abundance of complaints. Her spirit was grievous. And she added and told Ella, he said, Ella, you can see, I am, my spirit is sorrowful. My spirit is full of sorrow. And one of the few stories in the Bible which doesn't hide things, but is plain, clear, is this one. Because honest name means grace, favored. Meanwhile, a womb is shut. She is married to somebody, uh, Kana, whom when you interpret his name, it means that God has possessed, God has bought, and God has created. And yet still, Anna was barren. Not only that, she had a rival at home who was fruitful beyond fruitful. She had sons and her daughters and will not leave Anna alone alone, not alone. She harassed her, frustrated her, until the Bible tells us Anna wept continually. She went to the house of God yearly to pray, yet still nothing had changed. Sacrifice, nothing had changed. The Bible says she wept sore before the Lord, until the husband had to sit her down and say, Anna, am I not enough for you? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I give to you what I don't even give to Penina. 
and the sons and the daughter. So cheer up. But Anna will stop weeping and continue weeping. In life, things won't be always the way you want it. That is the reality. You are looking for 100,000, sometimes you get 50,000. You are looking to get 90, then you get 75. Life is like that. I didn't say life in Christ. I said life way. Life is like that. So you must make the decision early that you have an attitude towards life which is rejoicing always. I have seen many people who are looking for something and what they are looking for because they don't have it, they don't value what they have in their hand currently. There are people who are looking for joy. So much joy, they are looking for it from afar. Meanwhile, there are things around them they should be joyful for. It's very important. Today is the last day, so I'm taking my time to talk to you before we wrap up. You must decide purposely that I am going to live life rejoicing. Always. Not some days. Always. Whether you are happy, whether you are not happy, whether you are prosperous, whether you are not, it is a decision you must make. And my responsibility this morning is to tell you by the grace of God that you can do it because you are capable. God will ask you to do something that you can't. He would always ask you to do things that he has enabled you to do. Having said this, this is the situation Anna finds herself. Anna related to the word of God rightly. She did not wait on God again. When she went to the temple, she realized that if she's going to wait on God and wait on God and wait on God, she might die without a child. So she learned from something story and approached God to bargain. She put a vow. She went this time, entered the temple, poured all her sorrow. Then he said, Lord, I make a vow to you. Remember me. Look on me. Look on my affliction. And when you look on my affliction, give me a son. When you give me a son, I will give back this son to you. And when I give this son back to you, I promise you that the child I'm giving back to you, you are not the one who will tell the son what to do. I will instruct the boy. I will tell the boy that he must not use razor on the head. I will make him a Nazareth by force. For some sin, it was God who instructed the mother and instructed the father. But for Samuel, it was Anna who instigated and began the instruction herself. After she had delivered, she refused to go with Akana to the temple. He said, Akana, you can take the lead. I want to win the child. I want such that when I am returning back to the house of God, I am bringing the child in such a way that I will leave the child. I'm not taking the child back. I will bring this boy. The first time he enters the temple is the last time I see her entering the temple. Anytime I want to see my son, I'll come to the temple. But as far as God is concerned, I will give the child back. This is, a, this is a prayer. When she was getting through the prayer, a high priest appears. Look at Anna. Miscrew the prayer. Watch her mouth. Saw her pain. He said, oh, daughter of Belia, put away your drinking. Don't get drunk. This is not a place for drink. Anna said, no. It is out of the sorrowfulness of my heart. I have cried to God. Then the high priest then turned around, changed the confession. He said that if that is the case, then the Lord hear your prayer. The Lord answer your prayer. 
And Anna rose, went back, conceived, and gave birth. Why have I started this way? I have started because in life, there are decisions to make. There are choices you have to make. Make them early. One of them is this. Hannah learned it. After she gave birth, then she wrote her own song of prophecy. She wrote it and said, my heart, she didn't say my heart will rejoice. No. She said, my heart rejoiced. Rejoiced. It started rejo- she needed to learn it. In the Lord, in the Lord, in the Lord. My own is exalted in the Lord. As we are growing in life and you are living, you must decide. Don't look for joy in your work. Don't look for joy around things around you. No, no. If you do that, you are going to have casualties. Let your joy be in the Lord. And that joy will move and flow into other things. That is the foundation of where our joy should be. You should learn this lesson. Very important. Very important. There are people whose joy is in their profession. Their joy is... Oh, your joy can be in so many things. But it is shaky. It is risky. It can mess you up. You can't even trust man. It's a curse are you if you trust man. You can't put your joy in there. If you marry and you're expecting happiness from your husband... You are a suspect. The Bible doesn't teach that. You see, the Bible is very clear on things that should be done. Clear. Very, very clear. Very, very clear, doc. Very clear. If we all learn this simple, simple instruction. To rejoice always. When you are in pain, you are rejoicing. You have, you are rejoicing. You don't have, you are rejoicing. This is Anna. To rejoice in it doesn't mean stay in it. It means keep the good attitude and have a good attitude even in the face of expectation when you don't even have it. You can be as anointed as Jesus Christ but you must make a decision to rejoice. It doesn't happen by chance. It is choice. It is a choice. Because once you are here on this earth something about your job will frustrate you. Something about marriage will frustrate you. Something about school will frustrate you. Those who are going to school, do you love school? I mean, you love school. You love it such that when it is 6 a.m., you are on your way. Even my young daughter who is four, sometimes when you wake her up for school, say, Daddy, I won't go. The one after, also, after crying, I will follow the other, crying. This vacation, we decided to let her enjoy school small. So we said she should follow the other one. She went the first day. The second day, she said she's not going. After saying she won't go, she won't go. When she sees that we are opening the doors and she picks her bag, she gets there, she cries a little. When she sees other children, then she forgets you. Then comes back again, sleeps a bit. Sometimes they begin complaining even at night. Not in the morning, at night. At night, they begin, I won't go, I won't go, I won't go. This is the reality here. And in this month of relationship, we need to be real. If I tell you that everything will be rose and butter, rose and butter, roses and butter, your marriage, you wake up with flowers lined up like coming to America. You have what coming to America before? When the priest got out of the car, they put roses and he's walking, the chicken walking on roses into a shop. That Ayele will wake up. By the time he wake up, Dr. Stephen has fried egg. 
fry egg, add some sausage, cut some uh, uh, oranges by the side. Written on the orange, you use the shape of love on the orange. Then wake her up in the bed and say, baby, baby, baby. Food, food, food. You know what doctor said here? He said, never in her dreams. <laughs> I'm not the one who said it. Disclaimer, I'm not the one. I'm telling you again, I am not the one who said it. Who said it? Never in her dream. Never. Roses. She gets up. And there is 10,000 USD by the bed. You like watching Hollywood kind of guys. Where people put money in cake and you are cutting and you see the money in the cake. They are like, oh. Then some people are there. They are like, when will my husband do this? You, you will wait till forever. I mean, I want to watch one. Whilst I was watching, I said, Lord, this is not even real. Now you watch. People are even proposing even in places they should not even be proposing. All in the name of social Things that are private have become public. And people take joy in these things. Small proposal a man should propose to a woman. It should be around pizza. Around pizza. Around chicken man. And it should be done when you are kneeling down. You are on your knees with your chin lifted up. And the thing in the back pocket. So you pull it. With some three friends holding cameras. And they are taking it. When it is done, when they bounce you, you keep the video. When they accept you, you upload it. And say that, see how it went down. This is the kind of world you are in. Everything is presented beautiful, but it's not. And God is calling us to reality. That in rejoicing, we must learn that we must rejoice always. Don't place your happiness and your joy on anything, on anyone, or on anyone. No. Make sure your rejoicing is where? It's in the Lord. Or you still want to rejoice in something else. I've seen people, all their rejoicing is in their certificate. So Sydney Quay will be right back. Follow us on all our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Skype, YouTube, at Shekinah Avenue. continues. Don't you know I have got DDD. PPP. I even saw somebody went for an interview. He looked at the panel. He said, you know, I'm coming to add to your company. It's a privilege for you people to have me. Why? He went to Harvard. I've got three degrees. The guy who was sitting down employing him had no degree. Was looking at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. Look at him. After the whole talk. Yes. Have you ever started a company before? No. Have you tried starting a company before? No. Have you run a company before? No. And we need you. Next. People rejoice in all kinds of stuff. But in life, if you are going to be excited, you are going to enjoy life, this should be your choice. That you are going to learn where to rejoice. To rejoice means to show and express joy and happiness. It is rejoice to bring back joy. To purposely be joyful. And that is our call. This morning, we are going to learn how to rejoice in the Lord. And Anna started by telling us. Oh, lift your hand for one minute and thank God for your life.
thank God for this commitment. Thank him. Thank him that you will not trust in anything. You will rejoice in him. No matter how things are. Lift your hand for one minute and thank him. Just thank him before we launch in. Just thank him. Just thank him. Just thank him. Oh, go ahead. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we exalt you, Lord. We give you all the praise. Thank you for that you are our God. Thank you that you are our king. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Anna learned. She learned it. She one learned that you rejoice in the Lord. You rejoice in who he is. That is the first thing to rejoice about. You must rejoice in who he is. Not what he has done first. Who he is. He says there is none like the Lord. There is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside the Lord. Like a rock beside our God. There is no rock like our God. You learn who, who he is. You celebrate knowing that God is my protector. Either than that, all the challenges that come, you won't have hope. But you learn to start rejoicing. You rejoice in who he is. Your hands are lifted in the morning. You are celebrating him. That is the protector of your home. You celebrate him, he's the provider for your home. You celebrate him, that is, he is the one that gives pursuit to all the visions in the home. As your hands are lifted, you thank him every morning. You are keeping yourself rejoicing. Not because he has done it or because he's not, but you start from who he is. He is a helper, he's our strengthener, he is our glory, he's our shield. The old testament guys even didn't have much. So all they could say were flimsy things. He is like, they can look at the tower. Then they said, the Lord is like a strong tower. They said, the Lord is like a shield. But in Christ, it is better. In Christ, it is better. He is our high priest. A priest that is higher than all. We can rejoice in him. A priest that has access to God continually. And has access to God without any limitation. And beyond that, he is the priest that he is himself God. Not a, a, a man. That, no, he is himself God. So when we come we are rejoicing in who he is he has never lost a battle so I can lift my hands in the face of confusion battles, frustration my hands are lifted knowing that I can go down knowing that at the end of the day it shall be said it shall be said at the end of the day it shall be said thanks be unto God who always causes me to triumph I rejoice in who he is who is it to you he is your shield, your buckler, your helper he has decided to help you in the Old Testament, let me give you, in the Old Testament, all, he, all they knew was that sometimes he gives help. In the New Testament, he says that he is your personal helper. He is standing with you to help you. We can rejoice always. Always. You have money, you rejoice. You don't have, he will give to you. That is why he's a provider. You rejoice in who he is. Haven't you seen somebody who has done nice makeup and the heart is in pain? You have no, you have no idea? There are people who are even doing touch up and they have got headaches. They have got headaches, but they are still touching up. <laughs> that is life. So you must decide. You are going to always rejoice. And this is where we are starting from. We, we are going to always rejoice. Who is for you and who is against you does not matter. You know who is for you. Your rock, there is none like him. Your rock, there is none like him. Your rock, there is none like him. He will provide, he will protect, he will shield, he will anoint, he has a bless, he will lift up. That is our God. That is where we start rejoicing. That is who he is. He is not just a God with us. He is a father. He is a father of us. He, he lifts us up like children. He takes care of us. I, 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 I don't know how 
to tell you. But we are starting rejoicing in him. You know what the psalmist said? He said, blessed is the man whose God is the God of Jacob. Because he has a track record. He has a track record of never failing. And he is our God. Our hands are lifted this morning. And you thank him that you are starting to rejoice in who he is. Are you broken? He is the fixer of those who are broken. What is happening to you? Are you sick? He is the healer. Are you bound? He is the one that makes free. Lift your hand and celebrate who he is in thanksgiving for one minute. Wherever you are, your hands are lifted. This is not this is not a football park. This is church where hands are lifted continually. This is church where voices are lifted continually. Your hands are lifted. Thank you for who he is. You see, let me tell you something. There are people who are in church, they play with thanksgiving. Play. Like the way we are lifting our hands, some people's hands are in their pocket. Thinking that lifting hands is just an, it's a let hands be lifted. Holy hands be lifted. You learn it. You, it is the protocol of our service. It's a protocol. We learn it. We learn how to lift our hands. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of expectation and receiving. That's why we lift our hands. Now, when you come to church, everything that looks foolish is very spiritual. Very, very spiritual. Very, very. So we are lifting our, our hands again. And I will look at the way people would. You are, thank God I am not God. If I was to be God, if your hands are down, I said, this girl, this girl, this girl, but I'm not God. Your hands can be down. God will still help you. But you want to lift it up and you begin to thank him, thank him, thank him. Thank him for your family. Thank him for what he is to your family. Lord, we begin our rejoicing. We begin our rejoicing. We rejoice in the Lord. 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 We rejoice in his salvation. Glory be to God. We are the Sarababanda. Leragadelamo Sarabate. Lelemaho Marababaya. We rejoice in the Lord always. 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 Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. <laughs> we celebrate Him. We are rejoicing in the Lord, in the Lord, in who He is, in who He is. Look at David. Saul didn't know these things. Saul didn't know. Saul, he didn't know these things, but David knew it. David said, "The Lord is loving, kind. He has He has so much kindness which comes out of love." He said, I don't want to fall into the hands of men. Let me be in your hands. Because you, you are merciful. You see, we must appreciate him. I see even believers, some when they sin, they won't come to church. When they sin, they will go hiding, praying. I remember one young guy in school went to kiss some young girl in our young days. And this guy was prophesying every day that the Lord is coming. When we meet to pray, every time, he has a word. Every time. Mima meba. Me asafu erade maba. Those of you who are not living well, you are ah, well. I have come. Repent or I judge. He was doing this for the two years we were in school. First two years he was doing it. Then he went and did what I just told you. After doing that, he came to see me. He told me he was going to Achua Mountains for some four days. He said he's going to make some prayers. I said what for? He said because uh, 
<sighs> He's not feeling the Lord. Not feeling him. The Lord has left him. God has left him. He has gone. And that kind of thought is in the heart of a lot of believers. As if we are in the Old Testament. Take not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Create in me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence. When people pray this one, they feel very spiritual. Cast me not away, O Lord. Draw me nigh, Lord, to you. Nearer, my God, nearer, my God. The Bible teaches you that he is with you always. Always. But people don't pay attention. He says that you have been drawn nigh, not by your works. You have been drawn nigh by the blood. But when we don't know what he has done, we think he is after us. The Bible says when you were at your weakest and worst, then Christ died for you. Not when you were at your best. When you were at your worst, your lowest point, that is where the master died for us. That is why we rejoice always in the Lord, not in man. He said, I have no confidence in the flesh. I can't trust where they gave birth to me. I can't trust who circumcised me on the eighth day. I can't trust the law. I can't trust being a Pharisee. The only thing I can trust is the cross. Because through the cross, glory to God, we make our boast in the cross. Because he died, we trust his love. Because he rose, we trust his love. You see, we rejoice in him always. We are beginning a lifestyle of rejoicing. Like Peter, maybe you are sinking. He will hurry up and catch you. That is who he is. That is what he is. Like Peter, maybe you have given something to the Lord. I can announce to you who he is. If he has used your boat before, then you will receive a harvest net breaking testimony. That is who he is. That is who he is. The Bible said how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about he went about doing what what was he doing and you think he has changed he is the same yesterday he is the same today and forever the same let us rejoice in the lord we are rejoicing in him we are rejoicing in him if there is a goliath in your life he will come down rejoice in him if he has done it before he will do it again we start by rejoicing in him let me announce it to you. You are not the first person that will suffer. There are sufferers in the Bible like Job. But when you trust him, your latter end shall greatly increase. That is why we rejoice in him. We are going to rejoice in him. Nothing is going to make us stop rejoicing. That is who he is. We trust him. We trust him. Like I say, it is we preachers who support church members by the way we teach. He is good. He is good. Always good. That is God. He's always good. I like the way Matthew and Co said it. They say he's so good that he gives his rain and his sunshine both to the good and the evil. He is so good that Luke couldn't hold him in. Luke said, he said, ah, the natural fathers, when you ask them for bread, they don't give stones. Luke said, what? When you ask them for fish, they don't give you snakes. And when you ask for egg, they don't give you scorpion. Then he said, if your fathers who are wicked by nature, they know how to give good gifts, how much more shall your heavenly father, 
You see, the first thing you need to know when you get born again is to know the nature of God. If you don't know the nature of God, you will be kicked around by every single thing. Every single But the day you get a hold of the nature of God, you can lie down and sleep and know that He will take care of you. When you lift your voice in prayer, you can celebrate Him. Why? You know, you know His nature. You know His nature. You know what Mikhail said? You know what Malachi said? It's not because you change not. Therefore, we sons of Jacob, we are not consumed. I can announce you to you officially that because God is not changing, you will end up well. Because God is not changing, I can announce you will end up well. You will end up well. Your family will end up well. Your marriage will end up well. Your business will end up well. Your career will end up well. You realize what Anna said? Anna said there is no God beside him. When God shows up, there can be no God beside him. He has no equal and he has no comparison. He stands alone among gods. It is us who compare to him. But where he stands, nothing can be compared to him. That is how low we think God is. He is higher than the heavens. Ah, bigger than everything. Everything can go into him. He said he will gather all things together into Christ. Everything can go back into him. That is how it is. He said the nations are like a drop in the bucket. That is the kind of God you have. That is going with you. And above that, he's not just going with you. He lives on your inside. Can you imagine? He lives on your inside. He's light unapproachable and he lives on your inside. I announce to you, look, darkness shall be far away from you. Receive, receive it, receive it. I said darkness shall be far away from you. I said darkness shall be far away from you. The works of darkness shall be far away from you. Rejoice always in the Lord. When you are down, he will lift you up. Listen, not only who he is, but what he does. And for your information, what he does is so good. What he does is so wonderful. You see what the psalmist said. He said, it is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous in our sight. Then he goes on and says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. There is a day, when you find a day, you can only rejoice. That day is called the day of salvation. When a man understands what salvation is, he can look at curses and laugh. You can look at curses and laugh. You can look at the sword and laugh. You can look at famine and laugh. Because you know the day. You know the day. You know the day. Do you know the day? It is not Monday. It is not Tuesday. It is not Wednesday. It is not Thursday. It is not Friday. It is not Saturday. And it is not Sunday. It is the day of salvation. So when you go on, it tells you, ah, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone in the same psalm. Why? Because there is a day our curses was nailed. There is a day our sin was nailed. There is a day where we know when we get sick, we can be healed. There is a day we know we can live in health. And that is the day. That is what God has done for us. I announce to you today, make a mockery of charms. Make a mockery of spells. Make a mockery. I said make a mockery. Hey, I said make a mockery. I said, make a mockery. It does not matter what weapon is formed against you. You hear the word of God. When you enter that day, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise up against you, you shall condemn. This is your inheritance. 
this is your inheritance this is your inheritance Paul said I have learned how to abound and abase I have learned how I have learned it you must learn it it's a learning when there is nothing at home you can look at your home and say that surely the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want you say it you say it with confidence because in your talk things are created I declare over your life by the grace of God begin to rejoice always whether you have a car rejoice if you don't have rejoice because the God that gave to one to one can give to another that is how we live our lives whether we are promoted we rejoice whether we are not promoted we rejoice still why because the same God is the same God that will promote that's who we are we learn it we learn it we live like that don't let marriage make you rejoice don't let what you have and don't have take away your joy and don't let what you need and want take away your joy also we learn to rejoice we learn to rejoice as a matter of fact one of the first expressions of the Christian faith is joy but here we have believers who are not joyful all over the city they are afraid of one witch they are afraid of one spell they are afraid of some people they are afraid of the future no that is not the Christian faith the Christian faith is the faith where people die even joyfully. They are dying and they are asking them to be turned over. That's the kind of spirit you have come to meet. We don't allow simple things to intimidate us. No! No and no and no! No and no and no! I remember there was a time when I had issue. Somebody said, Apostle, let's go and hide somewhere and pray. I said, my brother, I keep my joy. Oh. Nothing moves me at all. Bring gun, I will still be joyful. Bring emptiness, I will still be joyful. The Bible said, what shall separate us? From the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. When a man learns the Lord and learns how to love the Lord and understands the Lord is working with and what he has done, he has disarmed principalities and powers. That is his work. We can rejoice in it. We can rejoice in what he has done. Either that, you know what you will do? You will begin looking for things to do to rejoice. And that will be the beginning of your woes. You know, a lot of the people you want to please, they are not pleased by you. Maybe you don't know. Let me say it again. People you are busily trying to please. They don't care whether you please them or not. But you are busy. You want to please them. You want to please them. Do everything to please them. You will die and they will still not be pleased. That is the fact of life. So if you have some joy, enjoy. Live your life. <laughs> you, you, you live your life. <laughs> you live. I remember I was telling you when we were building the church and for like a year, a year we are not painted outside. And we were inside. They created the inside. Some people called me. They said, Paul since you moved from your father, you can't even paint. The outside has been like that for nine months. I looked at them and laughed. And laughed. I said, what do I paint the outside? What will you get from my painting the outside? He can't give me an answer. And I said, I am not a showman. I am not interested when the outside is good and the inside is bad. Because of social media pressures. No. No. The inside is nice. When I am ready to do the outside... You will see it. The same guy. We painted the outside. How many days? Four days we were done with painting the outside. They called and said, hey. Four days. Right now I was passing there painted. I said, yes. He said, but when? I didn't know when you painted. I said, nobody needs your permission to paint. Listen, stop pleasing people and live your life. The only person you should, be, you should do your best to please is your wife. Your, naturally, your wife your husband, your children and good friends.
don't go pleasing everybody. When you go pleasing everybody, you will die early. You know what Paul said? Paul said, I was preaching. They said, what am I preaching? They fought against all my preaching. They arrested me and put me in cell. They are preaching that me, I am in cell. He said, do you know something? Whether I am in cell, and they preach against me that I am in cell, and I am a bound, bound man, I don't care. He said, at the end of the day, what is important is that you are preaching. <laughs> Whether you are thinking about me in cell, you are also preaching because I'm in cell. So once you are preaching, I am also writing books from the cells. All is work. I declare to you by the grace of God, rejoice always. I said rejoice always. If you have only three friends, rejoice. If you have 20, rejoice. If you have 40, rejoice. If you have three companies, rejoice. If you don't have a company, rejoice. It is a season to what? It is a season to what? This is what Anna said. My time is up. See, this is what Anna said, Mr. Redeemer. He said, it is the Lord. He weighs every action. And there is no knowledge that is hid from him. Then she goes on. He said, it is the Lord that kills. The Lord that makes alive. It is the Lord that brings down. It is the Lord that lifts up. Anna said, the pillars of the earth, they are the Lord's. So whether somebody is a beggar or poor, it's not what matters. It is the Lord that is able to raise and is able to make beggars and poor guys Inherit, he didn't say just sit. He specified. He said he is able to cause them to inherit, not sit. You can sit and be kicked off. Sometimes you can even come and, somebody can come and sit here. You can come and sit on my chair when nobody's here. It is not your chair. You have not inherited the chair. If Pastor David tries to sit here, the ushers will chase him out. Even you, when you see him seated here, you'll be like, what is this doing on apostle's seat? He has not inherited it. He is doing try and error, sitting to impress somebody. But when I come and I sit, I have inherited it. He is telling you that God is able to raise and He is able to put you on the throne and cause you to inherit. You are able to pass it on. I declare by the great grace of God that whatever is not right, let it become right now. I prophesy over your life. May the Lord raise you, raise your home, raise your business, raise your house, raise your profession, and may it cause you to inherit something. Receive it. Inherit something. Inherit something. Inherit something. Inherit something. Inherit something. Inherit something. The Lord is raising you because the Lord has raised you. He is not raising you because you are down. He is raising you because he raised you already. The Bible said, you shall be the head and never the tail. So he is not doing you a favor by lifting you from the ground. Actually, the headship is your position. So the Lord is raising you because the Lord has raised you. First Samuel chapter 2 verses 1 Anna prayed. I am fasting with what? God news. <laughs> I am walking on air. I am laughing at my rivals. I am dancing my salvation. I want them to read the verse one again. And Marvin prayed. And Redeemer prayed. And Ahaji prayed. And Stella prayed. And 
Shadrach prayed. Are you ready to read? Read yourself into the Bible. And, and Sydney prayed. I am bursting with God news. I am walking on air. I am laughing at my rivals. I am dancing my salvation. God's enemies will be blasted out of the sky. Crashed in a heap and burned. But that is not your emphasis. Let's move on. God will set things right. He will set things right all over the earth. Come on. He will give strength to his king. When Anna was saying this, there was actually no king. There was no king. It was after this, later that they chose Saul. Saul, no king at all. So who is the king they are talking to about? You are the king. You are kings and priests. He will give strength to you in this season. This is where I am interested. The last two phrases. One, two, go. Can I hear your voice? He will set his anointed. Who is his anointed? Who is his anointed? He will set his anointed. He will set us on top of where? God is saying you are anointed. He is going to set you on top of your world. The business world. The entertainment world. The medical world. The marketing world, the ministerial world, the architectural world, the structural engineering world, the legal world, the football world, the laws anointed, these are being set right in all the earth because of you. God will give you strength as his king and the Lord will set you, his anointed, on top, on top, on top. Of the world. Thank you for tuning in to Kingdom Mandate with Apostle Sidney Quay, head pastor of Shekinah Avenue. For prayer and counseling, please call 0200-999-852. Join us for our Sunday services from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Locate us at Shekinah Avenue Auditorium, opposite the Washing Bay, Saika, Obodo, East Lagon. Until the apostle comes your way again, remain blessed.